In 1 Corinthians 15, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. I, I just couldn't get away from the resurrection. And it, it, of course, we preach about the resurrection more than one, once a year. But uh, Easter celebration uh, just is so very special and precious to us. And uh, of course, it's tied to Passover where Jesus was the lamb that was, was offered. And, and uh, all through that thing, you can see him having to work with, with the people that were hating him uh, so that they wouldn't kill him in the wrong way or at the wrong time and uh, because he needed to die about 3 p.m. on that day. And so that's when he died. And then on the third day, he rose again. And what I want to get through to us in the next few minutes is that resurrection life, that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. <clears throat> Since it does, we need to position ourselves so that we are so full of God that it'll heal us, it'll heal everyone around us, that the work of God will go powerfully forward through us. So, Christ has indeed, indeed been raised from the dead, and those of you who have lost loved ones uh, recently who died in the Lord, this is such a hard time in so many <coughs> cases, but the thing is, they will rise again, that body will rise again. If, if they were cremated, the Holy Spirit will gather those atoms up from everywhere they went, put them back together, doesn't strain him a bit, since in reality... He is, in my opinion, I, I, I think this is a fun thing to hassle with if somebody understands science. I don't, so it's, you don't have to worry about me. But I think that he is the glue that makes atoms stick together instead of them just flying off in all directions. And so that's, uh, I have a lot of fun with that kind of stuff because the Holy Spirit, you know, is like, well, they were buried at sea and maybe they were eaten by fish and then maybe people ate the fish. You know, and it's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Holy Spirit quite a bit above that, quite a bit on top of that. Don't worry about it. Colossians, the third chapter, we read, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. You died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appear, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, here is Another step in this spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, dwelling in us. Resurrection from the dead comes through one man, and we get that resurrection life in us before the final resurrection for the Christians. It's not the final resurrection, but the resurrection of the Christian dead and We've been raised with Christ. Now, if you've been raised with Christ, that means you've been buried with Christ. We picture that in baptism. And if, if this were about a physical life, 
then we who baptize would be instructed, when you baptize them, hold them under until the little bubbles stop coming up. And that way they could die. And then, of course, we'd have to resurrect them. And if you have faith to raise the dead, go for it. I'm struggling a little bit. <laughs> I believe the Lord. I, did not tr- I don't trust me. But that's a picture buried with Christ, dead to the world, dead to self, raised in new life, which is the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. We don't get the new body yet, but the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead and gave him the new body lives in us. That's good grief. That is so glorious. You get to thinking about that. What do we need? You see, we we go through hard things in this life. Uh, and some of them are legitimately hard, and then, and then sometimes we call it persecution when somebody just doesn't like us much. Poor baby. And, but we're, we're not very tough in a lot of instances in North America, and, and I'm among the softies, okay? So just, I'm, this is not a complaint. This is, I'm just observing that if we lived in Iran, we're one of those 300 or whatever thousands um, of Christians there, we might be a little tougher. In the first place, all of this, all of this uh, having options about kind of playing with the world, they kind of go away because if you're if you believe in Jesus, you could die, or you could go to prison. We're still praying for the release of that American um, Iranian who. Is an, is an AG minister who is in prison in Iran. This is, this is uh, these, those are hard things. And so we need to get our minds on the things above. Um, I was listening to, I was kind of overhearing a circle of some facts where a Christian who is an old Christian, this is not a baby Christian, and they just said, well, it kind of hurts. And I thought, poor baby. And, and stuff that kind of hurts happens to me. And I look at me and say, poor baby. Poor baby. Jesus bore all of this stuff, but I kind of get hurt. And it's like, good grief. Help us, Lord, to, to rise above that stuff. Now, if you're causing the hurt in someone, stop that. There's a word from the Lord for you. But the Lord is is trying to position his church so that as people get more and more open, and as time goes on, I think you'll find people are easier to bring to the Lord. They're easier. The church doesn't have much influence, but people will go to church with you. If you go, you have an influence over that you can take them to church. It's, it's, it's not like it was, oh, 30 years ago when we were all just kind of, you know, everything was pretty cool in the U.S. And uh, we, we had some cyclical stuff in the stock market and all of, all of the pressures that that brings to bear on the local family. But we were still, it was, we were still on this, uh, this upward incline of, of material growth and uh, back that was back during the Cold War, and we were strong militarily because we thought we had to be. Uh, we were afraid the Russians might blow us away 
When Eunice and I first got married, I learned to build a fallout shelter at my house because nuclear attack was a possibility in our minds. That was an interesting era. So all of that goes on, and now we need to have our minds set on things above. Then let's go to Ephesians 5 where it says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Don't do drugs to change your, to your attitude. It, it, is, it is my opinion, okay? I, this, isn't, this is my opinion. Caffeine is allowable. That's easy because I like caffeine. Okay, no, <laughs> caffeine is allowable. Don't, don't alter your mood beyond that unless you need psychiatric meds. And I, I will support you if, if you have a, have a good doctor who knows what they're doing and you need that. I'm good with that. But this stuff on the street, and even some of the stuff that you might get prescribed, and alcohol, of course, is the most horribly abused drug in the U.S., watch that stuff like a hawk. Everybody, it's okay. Everything is cool. No, it's not. We, we don't belong to ourselves. We are dead. At least we're supposed to be. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, here it is. Here is the answer. You need a mood-altering drug. Be filled <clears throat> with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. And that's that, that one place where it doesn't say in everything. It says for everything. And I carefully studied that in the original language, and it says for everything. You can give thanks. When your faith is high, you can give thanks for bad things because all things work together for good. So it's okay. Uh, and if this scripture intimidates you today, just say, Lord, I need you to work on it. Don't get under some guilt. Make yourself a candidate for God to work that in you. Always giving thanks to, to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So be filled with the Spirit. Be filled so full of the Holy Spirit that if anybody shoves you, some of the Holy Spirit will slosh over on them. Or if they punctured you, they'll get a spray of Holy Spirit from the puncture wound. This is who we are. We have, we have established ourselves as having all these rights. Bless God, I have my rights. And I, I, I can take that into the political arena here in the States. I can take that into church government. I can take that anywhere I want to. And it's all of the flesh. Don't you believe in American democracy? No. No, I believe in Jesus. I prefer American democracy uh, over anything else in the world at this time. Vastly superior to any other system in, in my little exposure around the world and a little bit of studying that I have done. But no, I don't believe in it because it's run by guess who? It is run by us. And everything we touch is tainted 
unless we are dead to self. God showed us in 1962. This, it was about late summer in 62. So it's about to be 52 years ago that Eunice and I were given extensive training in the death of self from the Scripture. One of the most powerful teachers that I've ever heard taught us, preached in our church, and knew the New Testament as well as anyone I have ever, ever seen. And they, they taught us that the Lord will use whatever it takes to kill us, if you will, to ourselves and to the things of this world so that we can live to Him, to His work, and to the needs of people around us. If we die, then we will not be preoccupied, we will not be put off by the things that go on around us. We will be released into the power of God. I want this church to be full of people that, like, that are so full of the Spirit that if you slosh them, you might get wet with the Holy Spirit, or so full of the self of God. And what is that? God is love. God is love. So that if, if this sloshes over, it's going to be in the form of love. Do you hear me? There's no time for building our little personal kingdoms. There's no time for some kind of push-pull on a denominational level or on a, a disunity of the body of Christ. It is time to die to our stuff and be filled with a spirit which is love. Love. We must do it. Romans 8 says, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Now, church, this is just it. We must die to self. That will, that will, that will deal with holiness. We, we worry about... Uh, there, there's a whole group of Assemblies of God ministers who... Worry about holiness. And I don't, I don't think they have a really good grasp of what holiness is. Holiness is the wholeness of God in us. It is a holistic thing that, that could be spelled H-O-L or W-H-O-L if you wish. It is the whole integration of God through every area of our life. How we relate. How you relate to authority. How you treat me. I don't preach like this very much because I'm just so humble I can't say anything. But in reality, you better face that. 
Because if you don't treat authority, where, whatever form it's in, wherever you find it, if you don't treat it properly, you're a stinking rebel. And just call yourself that. Get over this, I'm so holy, I couldn't do that. And, and I would submit, but look at, and boy, we start listing off the thing that's wrong with them. That's God's problem. Your problem is you. Whoo, yes. I always get this shouting when I preach like this. This shouting, I'm the only one that does it. And, and just take that and extrapolate that in any area. No room for self. Self-confidence. I, south part of the city, there is a, a church, a self-actualization church. I thought, now that's the Holy Spirit. Self-confidence. Self-awareness, self-esteem. A lot of those things are right in here, right in the middle of us, and it's self-centered. Some of you are so self-centered, I wonder if, if it's my fault. I must be making a great example of that because you do it well. Do you know, dear one, I sound like I'm really, really mad or whatever. I don't think I'm mad. I'm mad at me, but I'm not mad at you. But I am, I am afraid of the Lord. I fear God, and he intends to get us into the position to be all he intended us to be. And if we refuse, then he has the next step. Now, that, that gives me great security as far as my salvation is concerned because it's real hard to get away from him, and, and um, he'll just come and get you. And sometimes that's not very funny. But I don't, I don't worry about being lost. I don't know that I'm tough enough to be lost. But I worry about getting our works done, and I worry about our weakness because we're not united and we're not fighting for each other. It's okay to gossip and share and tear down or whatever. That's fine because they're wrong. You know, we have to, we have to say it. Do you hear that? Now, in case you didn't get the message, I disagree with that. That is so wrong. And I want the church to be so powerful that if somebody is wrong, a bunch of these people that are overflowing and sloshing over the Holy Spirit are going to gather around these people, and they're going to get drenched with the love of God, which tends to heal us. You have been... You have been loved when you didn't deserve it, and man, that changes things. Remember that? That is life-changing. So today, I'm calling us in the name of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to offer ourselves again to God, to be so full of His Spirit, and to cut ourselves no slack, no wiggle room, if you're doing something in the flesh, stop it. That's the way I talk to me part of the time, and it's good. 
Let's do that, all of us, all of the time. I call you that in the name of the Lord. Now, you may not be walking with the Lord at all, and I want you to know that this God who is love does love you. You may be the crankiest, meanest thing. He is so much, his love is so much greater than than your evil or whatever, however you see yourself, quite a bit larger than anything you could ever pull off. He loves you, and he wants to save you. He wants to draw you up into him. He wants to fill you with himself so that you, somebody punches you, they'll get the love of God sloshed on them. May we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring to you this congregation, every one of us, those who are not walking with you, please.